Hello everyone, welcome to episode 4 of the Ruchi Strengthcast. Today, obviously here with my brother Paul. Hello Paul. Good Paulie. morning everybody. Today we are going to be talking about a very, what I think is an important and relevant topic of Masters Powerlifting. Sounds good. And since we're Masters, so that makes it all the more important. Daniel. Yes, we've <laughs> turned 40 last year, so we are now Masters in Powerlifting. Um, yeah, what a nice way to tell a bloke he's getting old, but that's okay. It's not, you're not really old. It's all good. Paulie, what is Masters? Well, Masters powerlifting is basically defined as um, someone over the age of 40 or 40 and over. Um, it's, a, it's a category where um, there is quite a lot of um, quite a lot of lifters within Australia. It's quite dense and uh, filled with a lot of experienced lifters as well. So it's quite an interesting field, especially within Australia. Yeah, that's right. It is indeed. It's a very important... Um, age because you know obviously as we get older there's many of us who still like to compete in powerlifting um, it helps keep the, keep the dream alive so we're going to cover a few different topics today we're going to cover basically what masters is and how it is used in competition and also with in terms of records why it's used we're going to talk a little bit about formulas competition options so what competitions are available in australia uh, for masters specifically to compete in We've got some stats for you, so we've got some, we've collated some stats on our own comps held here at Ruchi's Gym, and also some stats from Open Powerlifting, uh, just for some interest, just to show you who are some of the strongest masters are currently in the country. Um, a little bit about training for masters and, and injuries and that type of thing, and then we're going to finish up um, and explain a little bit why how, why masters are so awesome in terms of the experience they have, um, and you know with the history of the sport because many of these masters have have been involved in the sport for twenty or thirty years poorly, so they hold a lot of history, they have a lot of experience, they've seen powerlifting grow from the good old days to now you know this era of modern powerlifting and sort of raw powerlifting, so they've seen that transformation. Um, and they, you know, they're really awesome to speak to when you get a chance to speak to them one on one. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe the first thing we'll hit up on is um, let's just looking at gen the general rules of powerlifting and sort of what constitutes a master, and maybe talk about the age brackets and the categories sure. within masters lifting. Good idea. So if you're listening out there and you're 40 or older, have a really good listen. This applies to you. If you're not, if you're younger than 40, still a good listen because one day you'll probably be there. Yeah. So Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll talk about the differences maybe t between the IPF and the GBC and other rule books. Yeah, let's just say IPF and other. IPF and other. So in the IPF, Masters lifting starts from um, 40 years of age or the year you turn 40. And then from there, there's 10-year increments, you know, sort of between Masters 1, Masters 2, Masters 3, and so on. So Masters 1 is the uh, the year you turn 40. Um to the year you, in which you reach 49 and masters 2 is 50 to 59 masters 3 60 to 69 masters 4 is 70 and upwards so there's no masters 5 in the IPF yep I actually like the 10 year brackets more so than what pretty much exists in every other federation where we have this 5 year bracket I mean a lot of people would disagree because a lot of people would say that there's a big difference between someone who's 40 and someone who's 49 yet they're in the same age category I completely get that, but in in the in the best interest of competition, I would. I understand that within within the, the yeah. aspect of competition, it might be better to you know have that that broader um, category. Yeah, agree. Yeah. So in pretty much every other federation, um, the masters categories are broken down into five year increments from M one all the way through to M nine, M one forty to forty four, M two forty five to forty nine, etc. 
and M9 is basically anyone who's 80 or older. Um, so look, yeah, today, so look, if you're not sure how those categories are used in powerlifting, um, we can sort of get onto that now. Yeah. So locally here, um, I'll, we'll talk locally because that's kind of what we have control over and what we know most about. But pretty much in Australia, normal local competition, especially in the GPC, is open competition. So we don't break down the uh, the competitors into their age divisions as such. Everyone lifts in, in the open. So everyone against everyone. So if I'm in the 100 kilo class, I could be lifting with a 14-year-old and a 75-year-old. That's what open competition means. Uh, we do have other events that do break down the age categories into their relevant divisions. And again, it's for the sole purpose of just letting those uh, the, letting those lifters compete against each other without, you know, a 75-year-old guy having to worry about a 22-year-old or a 30-year-old in their prime, so to speak. So it kind of levels out the playing field for yeah. them a little bit. I mean, locally in the, in the APU, we do allow lifters to nominate their age category so they can lift within their own age category um, I mean it's kind of difficult especially locally I mean there's just not not enough people entering those age categories um, for it to be really a competitive field you know when you're going and you're lifting either against yourself which is obviously the worst case scenario or you know two or three people um, you know it's yeah. it doesn't tend to competition anyway yeah I'm a little bit against this as you already know I mean what what is the point of of uh watering down competition for the, there's no point it's actually a funny story um, in the last APU meet we ran um, one of the boys opted to lift as a junior he ended up um, winning um, the junior overall and Easily. with and with his IPF formula he also would have won the opens overall as well so it, in hindsight he probably should have just lifted in the opens um, yeah, so if you're a master out there and you're going to be registering for a local APU meet my personal advice would be just to lift in the opens. Yeah, I mean we've had we've had a few lift in the in the masters. Um, generally, what I do is I speak to them and you know we sort of make a judgment call on what might be the better option for them. Sure, if there's a few people in their masters yeah, in their division, yeah. sure. But if there's like one person, there's not really much point competing against no one. You're just better off being in the opens. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. Look, that's my opinion. Obviously, it's easy for me to say. Uh, you know, I'm not 65 years old, but um. It is what it is. It, it locally in the APU, they have that decision. In the GPC, all the local meets are open competition, so you don't really have the option of um, selecting your age division. There are options, though, outside of the local competitions which allow you to compete against your age division. For example, in GPC, we have TJMES, so that is the Teen Juniors Masters Equipped Single Lift Nationals. And for those of you who are aware, last October... Uh, we hosted TJMES Nationals here at Ruchi's Gym, which was a huge success. Yep. Plenty of lifters, um, lots of Masters lifters, and lots coming from over east as well, which was awesome to see. But it's an opportunity for Masters lifters in GPC to compete against each other without Absolutely. having to compete against open field. Yep. And Jimmy Ambrose was such a great talent in that. In yeah, that Jim, did, well. Jim did yeah. very, very well. Yeah. Um, we also had some lifters come, quite a lot of really quality lifters come from over east. Just yep. uh, Maria Barber springs to mind. Yep. Um, I'm pretty sure Maria. Even like locally, you know, like, you know, the terms of Stewie and Peter McLoone and those types of lifters. Yeah, right well. here at Rucha's Gym, we've got a yeah. plethora of Masters lifters. We've got Danny Pearsall, like you said, Peter McLoone. Well, we're Masters Stu, lifters now as we, well. So. Neil Fellows, yeah. um, total, you know, totaled 800 as a Master. I'm pretty sure he, yep. yeah, he did. Yep. He totaled 800 as a um, M1. Yep. Um, back at uh, GPC Nationals 2017 yes, or that sounds about 2017, right. I think. No, he actually totaled 800 here at Perth Cup or mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, 
just because you're getting older, it doesn't mean you can't get stronger. And a lot of these masters really, um, you know, they prove well, they're that. they're finding that they're, they're getting stronger. Uh, they're stronger now than what the, what they ever were. That's right. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the APU poorly, uh, well, so we, we run combined masters and all the other, other age categories within the classic nationals. So this year when we have, uh, we hold classic nationals here in November for the APU, um, it'll be all the age categories as well combined within the same competition. Yep. So there'll be an open competition, there'll be masters, there'll be, um, yep. there'll be juniors. Yeah, and then also yeah. the same thing for equipped. Equipped split out in the APU, so um, at the at equipped nationals, they'll also have you know the separate age categories as well. Yep. And local meets, you obviously have the capability for lifters to nominate. What about qualification for those national masters events? I know in Excellent. the APU, you only have had to lift. So if you're a masters lifter, you only had have to lift to qualify for that national level event. So for example, if I lifted or someone lifted at a local APU meet, for example, WA States, yep. they automatically qualify as a master for nationals. That's right, yep. yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really really cool. I like that. Obviously, because the field is quite small, there's no qualification. But I think in the GPC, that's important as well, especially that they don't have the opportunity to lift within their age category locally. I think it's important to have sort of that free, free ride, yes. so to speak, to that national level. Correct. So, Teen Juniors Masters equipped single lift nationals in the GPC is um, open. There's no qualification. You don't even have to have to have lifted in another GPC meet that year. You can wow. just enter. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what they do in Capo. I think their nationals will include masters. I'm I imagine so. I'm I imagine I sure. also, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be also like a sort of a free ride, free ride for those masters lifters, which, which is great. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know that Gary Jones, um, yeah, he'll be heavily involved. He does a lot of yep. work and sort of publicity for the masters, um, which is awesome. And obviously now with open powerlifting, all the results rolled up into one big database makes it a lot easier. And we've got some statistics here um, for some Australian lifters as well, yep. which we're going to go through soon. But that kind of gives you the idea of what options there are available for masters. Look, in saying that, at the end of the day, you know, I know this is a bit of a bit of a blanket statement but you know yeah. you're competing against yourself it's a cliche, in a way Daniel. cliche you are competing against yourself in a way and competitions can be used really to just sort of testing get a baseline of performance and then use that as a look I think yeah, I think when you speak to most masters lifters they've obviously they're very wise and experienced because they have a lot of life experience yeah. they realize that to to get to anywhere worth going, it's going to take time, and yep. they don't don't really rush the process. So it's really nice to see masters lifters in the gym and doing what they do because Look, they don't rush. To be honest, it is quite a common theme when you talk to some of the masters guys. A lot of them do uh, struggle with injuries and illnesses. Not all. That's and all. Not all. Um, you know, but yeah. just just normal aches and pains as of you get course, older. Yeah, you have yeah, aches yeah. and pains, right? Obviously, your energy levels aren't going to be. It's funny because, like, you know, one of the young guys will hurt themselves in the gym, and you know they'll hurt. I don't know. Let's just say their elbow, their and they'll be like, "Oh, I can't <laughs> train for two weeks." Masters lifter will turn around and say, "Mate, I hurt my elbow just getting out of bed." Yeah. Or <laughs> I hurt my elbow thirty years ago, <laughs> and I'm still training. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're quite resilient masters lifters as well. They do feel the, you know, they, they, they do see the importance of training as well Absolutely. as you get older. I mean, your movement is key. Yeah, Correct. Definitely. Movement is life, Paulie. Oh, wow. You know? Great Quote phrase. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah. sure you probably weren't the first to say that, but yeah. Probably, no, 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 I'm yeah. not saying, yeah, definitely not. But you look, masters lifters do come with a lot of inherent experience and history. So if you ever get a chance to talk to someone or talk to a master who's been in the sport for a long time, my advice is try and pick their brain as much as you can because they have a lot of knowledge. 
Yeah. They've seen things that, you know, you wouldn't have dreamed of. Well, I would say talk to them about um, diligent training progress. Ask yes. them about that. Correct. Especially for the guys that have been, or even the women, uh, who have been in the sport a long time. Obviously, they've had, um, you know, some smarts to their training because they have the longevity. Exactly. Because they're still competing. You know, yeah. if you look at, again, we'll go back to Jimmy Ambrose. You know, he's been competing for probably 30-odd years. Yes. So he's he's got fantastic longevity. Who doesn't want to be competing for a very long time? We want to be in it for a long time, not a short and time. And you want to know the secrets. So speaking to someone like Jimmy can be really handy. The secrets to success. The secret to longevity. Absolutely. Um, so for those of you guys who know Jimmy Ambrose here in Perth, Western Australia, um, awesome dude. Make sure you have a chat to him. He does a lot of our meets. Yeah. And now look um, at him. I mean, he's considered the best Masters lifter in Australia. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Jimmy a bit later on All when right. we go through these stats. Actually, let's get to that right now. So what we've got, we've got... Um, That's a great segue, by the way. I've always wanted to say that. Yes, indeed it is. A fantastic segue into the next segment <laughs> in this podcast. Um, oh, by the way, actually, uh, it, our podcast hit iTunes this, this morning, Paulie. Oh, very nice. We'll talk about that towards the end of the show. But what we've done is we've used open powerlifting. So for those of you who are not familiar, open powerlifting is basically a central repository for all powerlifting results. Mm-hmm. And the guys at Open Powerlifting do a fantastic job releasing statistics, making sure the database is updated, modified, edited to make sure it's one as 100% accurate as possible. So we've pulled some data straight off Open Powerlifting. So if it's right or wrong, um, these are the this is the data that currently exists on Open Powerlifting. So what we have done is we've done a search for each master's category from M1 to M9 uh, and we've ranked them by Glossbrenner. So Glossbrenner is one of the formulas that is used predominantly in the GPC. So I noticed you use the non-IPF category. Yes, I've masters. used the five-year brackets. Um, cool. And we've, I've basically just got the top-ranked lifter in each category based on Glossbrenner. Let's start with the men, Paulie. So for the M1, so 40 to 40 to 44s, we have the number one top pick, Odell Manuel. Uh, beast. Absolute beast. At the age of 40, totaling 1,115 kilos at Pro Raw 10. Massive. So he's the top number one spot in the M1s. Actually, it was in 2014. 2014. So they got the Fed wrong here. No, no, I think no, I got the year wrong. Ah, I'm pretty sure it was Pro Raw okay. 10. Um, and, and I've also worked out what rank they that particular lifter holds worldwide. For that, for that for M1 that, for category. Exactly, for M1. And, and, and so actually, Odell is number one. So currently, Odell is the number one Masters one lifter in the world. All time. All time. Or is that in Australia? No. These are Australian. Oh, no. These are overalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry. We've worked out the Australian rank and then we've got the world rank as so well. So Odell is basically one in Australia and then one worldwide. Indeed. So now on to the M2s, 45 to 49. Shane, Shane Naylor. With that 875 kilo total. Impressive total at 47 Damn. years old. Squatted 330. God damn. That's great squat. 207 bench. Wow. I hope I can bench 200 one day poorly. And a 337 and a half deadlift. 875 total, weighing at 123.7. Um, so, number one in the M2 category, Australia wide. 19th worldwide. Fantastic. M3 poorly. Yours. A- Adam Mazon uh, in the GPC with a total of 800 kilos at 51. Damn. This was in 2017. Good total. Great total. And M4s. M4s we have. So M4, 55 to 59. Terence Titus. What an awesome surname. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Titus. Titus. From Titan. 
Uh, so Terence in Capo, tw- 2014, totaled 740 at 116.5. Yep. At 58, also ranked 29th in the world in his age division. And then we have the famous Laurie Butler now. No, no. As, sorry, Ooh, so you're, skip, you're skipping the man of the hour, oh, Paulie. So and I want to go straight to Laurie. Um, so we have Jimmy Jim Ambrose, the top M5 lifter. Uh, with a total of 527.5 kilos, but let's. It, this is a 70 under 74 kilo bodyweight lifter here. Correct. So this is very very impressive lifting. At 63 Jimmy. years old as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Jimmy, um, a crowd favourite here in Perth, also exactly. ranked 46th in the world in that age division. Awesome. Now awesome. you can head on to the M6s. Now we have Laurie. Laurie Butler as an M6 totaling 591 kilos. And uh, this was in 2014 for the GPA. And he was at the time, Laurie at the time was six. Ooh, he was 67. Sorry, my eyes are, yeah, 67 I mean, th- years of age. I mean, just if you just take a step back for a minute, 67 years old, totaling 591. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's incredible. Yeah, And also, look at his body weight, man. Uh, yeah, and he's not heavy, 89.9. Yeah. And 11th in the w- ranked in the world. That's fantastic. So Laurie is one, kind of like Jimmy Ambrose, been in the sport a very, very long time, has contributed a lot to a the... A legend of the, the sport. Yes, Laurie is definitely a legend of the sport. Moving on to the M7, so 70 to 74, Maxwell, Maxwell Bristow, Bristow in the APU. Max Look at that, Bristow. Paulie. Max. Maximus. <laughs> I met Max um, last year at, uh, at Swansea at the so APU Nationals, totaling... 400 kilos and he's sev- he was 73 <laughs> years so old so oh, wow yeah, it's, it's and yeah. again not a heavy lifter under 70 kilos at 69.4 yep. fi- ranked 54th in the world yeah, well, so, what we, um, so maxi here uh, squatted 132 benched 82.5 and pulled 185 for a 400 kilo turtle that's at 69. Uh, under 70 kilo under, 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 under 70 yeah so 69.4 kilos yep Awesome. M8? M8, 75 to 79. So look, when you look at these results, or if you go sort of go through the categories on open powerlifting, what you'll notice is as the as you sort of get through the age categories, the depth of lifters starts to diminish for obvious reasons. People get older, they drop out of the sport, they pass on, for example. Yep. Um, actually, speaking of passing on... Um, Henning Buck, a very special mention to Henning, who passed away last year, uh, one of the WA greats. Greats, absolutely. Um, Gentle giant. Went to his funeral, it was lovely. One of the best moments, though, was when you had that, when he was a centre referee at that comp, oh and then he, he got you on... Oh, um, you d- he, he read was you for the, dropping the bar or something. Uh, yeah, so he, he I was deadlifting, and Henning felt that my... Con- my bar drop was not controlled enough he gave me a thumbs down um, we had a little bit of a moment uh, <laughs> it was quite funny and then on the third one I came out and I just lowered it slowly and then he gave me the thumbs up and then we had a bit of a hug we had a bit of a moment you hugged it out yeah, yeah it but good. that was cool that was um, good, yeah. yeah so very special mention to Henning um, so I think we're on to the M8 it's poorly so yeah, 75 it was, uh, to Reno 79 Reno Borg in 2014 totaling 455 kilos at 83.1 kilos body weight and he's in the top 10 in the world, world. That's, that's excellent so very very yeah. good uh, in the M9 so this is 80 and older look I mean most of us can wish wish we would still be around to lift well we'll just be around, around I'll be able to be around let alone lift yeah. but uh, Reno um, Win Van Wienen in PA in what 20, a great name 2014 
um, totaled. But still, well, that's, while Daniel's got I have made an 4, error. Kilos. I have made a typo in his total, <laughs> and apparently he's totaled 4,455, which would make him the all-time Australia, well, Australia, the all-time worldwide. But it is 455 kilos with a 160 squat. I mean, you think about this. 80 plus, 160 squat, 95 bench, 190 deadlift. It's insane. It's impressive. That's Very crazy. Impressive. Uh, and that puts and he's him 10th in the world. Correct. So that's the Masters for the men. Let's move on now to the ladies. ladies. So ladies, M1, so 40 to 44, Paulie. We have Liz Craven with a total of 424 kilos when she was 41. I mean, Liz, Liz is a great lifter, obviously. Um, only 51.5 kilos body weight for Very the total. Light. Yeah, uh, competed in many world championships. Well, and the world champion is the world, is the world champion as well. So um, I'm not sure what years did she at least uh, compete last year. Yeah, she did compete last year. Um, I forget which continent it was in, but it was the world powerlifting um, yep. world championships. With, yep. I think it was with um, with Raw in the US. It was right. a combined um, type world championship. I'm not 100 sure, yeah. but uh, Liz, a, a fantastic lifter. They did have the curl. They had a they had a curl in that in that within that same meet. They had the curl championship. Strict curl. Yeah, so yeah. this is what Paul and I've been ranting and raving about. We yeah. do want to get rid of the deadlift barbell curl and uh, re and introduce the strict barbell curl. That would be amazing. That would be. Let's go on to M twos. M twos. Well, Vicky, Vicky Jusen. Um, the GPC secretary, or has been in the past, and treasurer, has done quite a few jobs for the uh, GPC. 435 kilo total at Pro Raw in 2018. Yep. Under 60 kilos body weight at 46 years of age. Very, very impressive. M3, uh, one of my favorite Masters lifters in the females, I'll have to say. Maria Barber, um, outstanding lifter. 542.5 wow. kilo total at 74.2. That is redonkulous. That is impressive. Very crazy, um, and that was. And done. what's even more crazy is that she's not first in the world; she's fourth. I know <laughs> that's crazy. So Maria currently sits fourth in that category worldwide. I just, I'd have to go back and have a look at who the top that three were because that is insane. A fantastic lifter, Maria is two twenty-five squat, one hundred bench, two seventeen and a half deadlift at fifty-three years old. And Ooh. okay, now we're coming up to someone very special, Paulie. Taylor Young. M4, Taylor Young in WPC 2012, total 422.5 at 59.8. Yes, yeah, so under 60 kilos, another great, no, fantastic. Seven years old. Yep. Um, and then she's done it again as she got a little bit older in the M5, 60 to 64. She's Taylor backed also up her performance. She's backed it up in the next division up, totaling 415 at 63 years of age yep. and also second in the world, Paulie. That's brilliant. So, really, if you, if you just look at numbers, man. If you just look at numbers and and we we'll, let's you know in this case Taylor has is the only person who is the top lifter in Australia across more than one age division for the masters for the masters yeah for the masters so if in terms of masters lifters you would have to say that Taylor would probably one of the best all-time masters lifters based on these stats if you base it on the fact that she is the top Masters lifter in more than one category, yes. It's pretty safe to that say. Also, Taylor has, has a huge history in the sport as well, uh, yep. has made a massive contribution, um, and she's been lifting a very long time, so has also some great longevity. Absolutely. So something to learn from. Looks like she's going to be 64 this year. Yeah, hopefully she's still lifting. Lifting, absolutely. So the M6 is 65 to 69. Carrie de Groot in PA 2018, total 277.5 at 50.2. 50. Wow, that's light, man. Yeah, that's And fifth in the world light. in that age division. Yep. 
The M7 76 to 74. Well, I just lost my voice there for a minute. So the M7 74's Mary Dash in 2019 totaled 247.5 kilos at 60 kilos and at 70 years, years of age, putting her 13th in the world. Amazing. And the M8's 75 to 79 years of age, Marion Keane in PA, 2017, yep. totaled 187 and a half at 76 years old. That's that's brilliant. At 55 kilos, man. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> That's light. Yeah, very, very. So that's yeah. the results that we have pulled from Open Powerlifting. Um, if you are interested in checking out sort of where you sit in the scheme of things, go to openpowerlifting.org, search for your name in the top right. You, all your results should come up um, and it'll sort of give you an idea of where you sit. And then you can do a whole bunch of searches and stuff, which is pretty cool. And um, yeah, it's a fantastic database. Get on it and have a look. Yep. Now, we actually also have some data which or statistics now really which we've pulled from our own competitions so Paul and I have our own um, competition system which we use here so all the results from every single meet that we do gets rolled up or can be rolled up if we want so what I've done is I've worked out how many starts we've had um, and and out of all those starts what percentage of those were masters that is a lot of starts (laughs) so in the in the almost seven years we've been running meets we've had 3,791 starts wow Wow, that's incredible. Wow. Now, twenty, pretty much 25% of those starts were masters. So if you, if you for example, if you, there are many starts, and let's assume most of, I mean, most of them are obviously three lift. Let's assume that, I don't know, 3,000 are three lift. Yep. If you budget 60 seconds of lift, how many, how many days of lifting are we talking about here? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd have to work it out. Get a calculator. Out. Nah, it's all good. 3,791 starts, 25% wow. of them 40 years or older. So you can see the masters actually contribute to a fair whack of the um, talent that we have in powerlifting. Brilliant. Absolutely. So hence why it's an important topic to discuss. Um, 41% were teens and juniors. So that's 23 years old or under. Um, and 33% were open. So you can see that a lot of the um, lifters we have do fall into the Masters and Teen Juniors compared to the Opens, which is interesting. Quite a lot of Teens and Juniors, though, which is fantastic because that's the blood of the sport. That's the new new emerging talent coming through, Paulie. That's the, that's the base of the pyramid right there. We might talk about Teens and Juniors in a different podcast, but this one here obviously focusing on Masters powerlifting. So yeah, very, very interesting to see that 25% of the lifters that we've had here compete at Rucci's Gym, 25% are masters, so 40 years and older. Water, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's actually quite a good stat. Indeed it is. Wow, 40 or 41% have been teens and juniors. I know, that's massive. Wow. I've old. actually broken it down into the individual divisions. Um, juniors, so juniors What's the is biggest one there? Okay, forget I mean, opens. opens. Let's yeah, forget yeah. about opens for a second. So juniors is 20 to 23, 30%. Wow. In the 20 to 23. Masters one, so 40 to... No, it's not. These two are combined. Okay. So it's about 12%, Masters one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see as sort of we get down the list to Masters eight, we're talking about 0.11%. Yep. Masters nine, so 80 years and older, 0.16. That would be Hercules. Yeah, um, and also... There was one more 80 or over. Warren. Warren. Warren, Warren you know. He's yes, long yes, arms Warren. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Warren and Hercules. Very tall man, yeah. Um, and sort of, obviously, as we get, as the age divisions get older, the the broad, the depth 
starts course, to diminish because course. people drop out of the sport. Yep. But some very interesting data there, um, which is cool. And one of the advantages we have with our comp system is we can pull data like this, which gives us a really good insight into certain um, into certain things, I guess, that we're looking for. Yeah, um, yeah we've never done that before, so that's pretty interesting. 25% of Masters. I actually wouldn't have thought that would be 41% of teen and junior. No, it's insane. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah. Very, um, Does this include novice comps? Yeah, I include everything yeah, on you this. You got their age, so you just. I included all of the meets here. At yep. We've held at Ruchi's gym, whether they're novice comps, APU, yep. even yep. there's some PA GPC, meets in there, two PA GPC. Meets. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, some very interesting, some some good stats. Awesome. All right, Paulie, let's let's sort of go on to um, training. So in terms of if you're a master listening to this, um, in terms of training. Paulie, what can you say about masters and training? I mean, obviously, so, so one of the big things with masters lifters is that because they do have, have a lot, let's say they have a lot of life experience. Indeed, they do. You know, they sort of, um, they do they do come across to the sport or if they've been in the sport a long time, they, they come across with basically, um, you know, more problems, whether they're health problems or the injuries that yep. they've carried through from previous sports. So we do find that, you know, um, they have a higher level of contraindications, yes. things they can't do in training. Um, and, and generally, it's you know working around those problems yep. with you know various tools that we have in the gym. Yep. Um, you know, so you know I think is probably more workarounds with masters lifters. The load, you know, so you have to watch the loads a bit more. Absolutely. Um, I know that uh, I know that Stewie, for example, um, he he has no trouble um, sort of with de- with deadlifting. Oh, he and loves he, it. Yeah, he loves it. Oh. He's all, and he's in here. He's always deadlifting. Makes me right? sick. Yeah, so so with with Stewie, his his deadlifting loads seem to be quite a bit higher, um, for example, than his benching loads. Yeah, he struggles with his bench. And I, I, yeah. and I that's true of anyone, but I, but I mean that especially in this case. Yeah, you know, even his frequency. And you, and you don't training. see Stu squat yeah. that much either. No, he's very much more of a deadlifter. But yeah. again, he's probably working around some issues there. Yeah. Um, in terms of you you you've uh, brought up a pretty good point, Paulie, about training loads. Yep. Obviously, as we get older, um, you know, our bodies do start to slow down. Yeah, the test conditioning our, changes and so our on. Our testosterone diminishes. Our, obviously, our conditioning and our fitness levels diminish. So, our ability ability to recover is also going to be affected by that, you Absolutely. know. So, how Paul and I as coaches would train, for example, a junior would be very different to how we might work with a master. With the masters, we do have to definitely watch training loads and look at their recovery. Paul and I do track wellness and recovery as part of the coaching process. So we get to see a whole bunch of indicators which really give us a picture as to what's going on. The principles are all the same. The principles are the same. Everyone has different training loads depending on experience, how well conditioned they are and so on. So really, the coach is really responsible for really monitoring how they're tracking and then adjusting training loads based on that. Yeah. Um, But the principles apply, you know. Yeah, the, the, the seven or eight training principles apply regardless of the person. It's just how you apply them, um, you know, which exactly. is where art meets science, so to speak, Paulie. I suppose, yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about masters. We do also find that, as especially as they get older, um, they tend to f- have... Some of them tend to find more time for training, like if they're retired or well, they've got that's a, true, yeah. those types yeah. of things. Some have their own businesses, so they're you know, so their own bosses, so they can sort of yeah, we find come that and train a lot of they have their other you know their own their own bosses. So they get to come in during the day, um, but a lot of them, honestly, when you talk to them, they have so much life experience. There's so much you can learn from masters lifters, just in, even just in terms of life experience. Yeah. 
Um, so if you do ever get a chance to really sit down and, and pick the brains of, um, for example, Stu or Peter McLernan here locally or even Danny Pearsall, um, you know, spend some time with some of these masters lifters because you'll be humbled yep. uh, from their experiences. Again, the, you know, the thing we talked about earlier is that the thing that I love about masters lifters is that they can appreciate that it takes a long time or a, it takes a fair amount of time to, to just get better at something yep, right 100% agree so, so they don't they do not rush in the gym they, they don't tend to rush no um, and I love that about them and I think that you know I think when the younger generation or the young, younger people even like myself and you Dan as well we're training around these people you know the guys and girls who are masters it's like a humbling experience yeah. it slows you down and makes you appreciate that it is a long drawn out process you know you're not going to get to your I'm not, I'm not going to get to a 300 kilo squat in five weeks. It's going to take no. many, many years. So No, um, and I think that I a lot that. of new people coming to the sport have this unrealistic expectation um, yes. that they're going to be at the top of the record boards in three weeks. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. No. You know, no. It does take a long time to really build a strong technical base and then compounding strength on top of really good function. Exactly. And that's when true strength, that's when your true potential can be met. Yep. And I think masters really have a really good grasp on that concept. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, they've gone through this process many times in their life with different skills. Yes. You know, so, so they understand that whatever new skill they're trying to achieve and they want to get better at, it's going to take a long damn time. A lot of good practice. And let's go back practice. to the, the general rule of thumb of the, the 10,000 hour or rep yeah, rule, Paulie. Yeah, 10,000 hour rule. As an example, yep. you know, um, if we imbibe that rule, basically what that means is it takes 10,000 hours... And or more likely, and ten thousand hours and repetitions. I would also say ten years to perfect the no, skill. It's not Paul, something that you can yeah. bypass. Paul and I actually also like to talk about ten year rule. Yeah. So regardless of how many hours you've trained yep. or how many reps you've done, it really takes a long time to really bed in and autonomize. Is that even a word? I love. I love that word. I love it. Autonomize a yep. skill, and basically what I'm saying is. You need to get to the point where this, where you can perform the skill autonomously without thinking about it. Yeah, that is the gold, sort of the, uh, you well, know. That's the that's the key to mastery. Exactly, oh, yeah. the no, key to mastery, mastery is. is autonomy, and yeah. autonomy and mastery is the key to autonomy. They wow, kind of both go hand in hand. We just <laughs> we just got like a circular reference. It also goes into the whole the the, the principles of um, competency poorly. Absolutely. So you want to become unconsciously competent, where I love that. you're competent in a skill without even thinking about it. Is that like walking? For most of us, walking except is, the baby. is a skill that we can do without um, conscious consciously thinking about it. Unconscious competence. Exactly. And I think masters lifters have a really good grasp on these theories even if they don't have sort of the you know yeah. well i guess the they've uh, attempted to master many many many, yes. many skills and they realize that none of them come easy they don't they don't come correct flip of a coin top top thing and a lot of them have already been there um you got yes. for example jimmy ambrose was probably a lot stronger than he, he was younger yep so he's been humbled by the aging process as well he realized how difficult it actually is i don't know i think i think actually jimmy's still hitting pbs yeah some of his really hips. yeah Damn, Jim. Yeah. Not in his squat, but I think so when he's deadly. That's awesome. Yeah. He's so yeah. strong. Yeah, he's awesome. But, you know, I think what you find is, and, and we all know, as you get older, the body starts to slow down, you know, there will come a time where your lifts start to go down. Of course, that's inevitable. Yeah. But I think if you just take a step back and look at the process that you've gone through um, and life in general, it, it kind of does humble you. And it, that, I think that's when people start to realize sort of where they're training and where 
things fit into in the scheme of things, you know? Yeah, it's, it's in a process of appreciation. Absolutely. You know, appreciate what where you've come from and what you've got yep. as well. So um, if you're a young lifter coming through the sport, uh, the biggest piece of advice we can give you is take your time. 100%. I think that was one of the questions we had, Dan. One of the questions someone said that we should talk about is, like, what was the single most important piece of advice that you have been given or you would, if you had a time machine, you would go back and tell your younger self? And I, I'm with you. It's quite simply take your time. Take your time. Yeah. You cannot rush the process. And if you think you're taking your time, you're probably not taking your time. Yeah. Like, take your time even more. And it's <laughs> funny, when you talk to people about this, for some reason, especially young people, they think they're excluded, like they're special. They think they're like special. They think they're a snowflake. If you're listening right now, I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably not special. No, you're not special. You're not a snowflake. Just take your time. You have goals and ambitions as same as everyone else. But then we've seen it many times, man. Very young people will come into the gym and... and we see it in their training. They're basically completely ruthless <laughs> in their training. Themselves. Annihilate themselves. Like you say, dysfunctional movement patterns, dysfunctional squatting, benching, and deadlifting, trying to compound strength on that. And eventually what happens is they knock on your door and say, Paul, man, I've hurt myself. I need some help. Correct. Look, we've got a really good example of this. I'm not going to obviously mention any names. Young kid comes into the gym. Strong dude, like very, very strong. strong. He, you know, he was a teen, very strong. Um, saw him score. I saw him training. Uh, saw him deadlifting, and I just had a word to him about what he's doing and sort of the things he should be it's working slightly on. Slightly on the reckless side, I think. The cavalier side, we like to say, cavalier high side, risk. High risk. Certainly not working his intensity ranges in what we refer to as the Goldilocks, Goldilocks zone. zone. Snap. Um, you know, I had a chat to him. He was doing his own programming and stuff. I had a bit of a chat to him to try and sort of. Um, put him on the right path so to speak and uh i do know now that he realized he made a mistake yeah which is good yeah it's great yes yeah, hopefully he doesn't you know he re has reoffend so to speak he has make the same mistake hurt his back in training since yeah. then and um has come to pawn life with some advice so don't wait that long come and see yeah. us before you get hurt or even if you don't come and see us go and see someone else who's good exactly and even if you don't go, go see someone else simply just take your time exactly Exactly. That's the biggest piece of advice we can give anyone. I mean... If there's only one thing you young people get from this podcast today, it is those three words. Time. Take your time. Because if you don't take your time, we won't be talking about you in the next Masters Correct. podcast. It's Which that simple. probably in 10 years' time. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we won't be talking about you in the next, whenever that is, 30 years' and time. And we've seen this a lot, Paul. There's a lot of young people coming through the sport. And we've been in the sport for almost a decade now. Yep. There's so many that were teens, juniors, that you see them around for two or three years, and then they're chow. We spoke about Gone. this with Sean yesterday. Gone. We spoke about this with Sean yesterday. I think he was saying um, they were comparing the... I th I hope I'm, I've got the numbers right here, but I think it was the 2012 GPC National Championships to the 2017 GPC National yes. Championships. And who was the only person that competed uh, in both? Vicky Jusen. Vicky Jusen. And where A is master. Vicky Jusen? She's the number one M2 female Masters lifter in Australia. That's right. So what does that say? You know, so I, I think, again, Take your time. Focus on having the longevity in the sport. Focus on skill mastery. Because once you master the skills, that is when the magic starts to happen. Yep. So take your time. Look, I think that brings us to the end of our fourth podcast, Paulie. Amazing. Unless anyone has anything to add. No. Not well, that we're just under the 40-minute mark, so okay. I think that's good timing. Very good timing. Look, that's a little bit about Masters Powerlifting. If you do have any questions, feel free to hit Paul or I up. 
at info@ruchisgym.com or you can hit us up on Facebook or Inst- the Instagrams. If you are a master looking to get into the sport of powerlifting, there is no time like the present. If you know someone who you think would be awesome at this or should be training, get them to get in touch with us. We would love to introduce more masters to not just the sport, but to strength training, because as we get older, the importance of strength training and resistance training is increasingly important. Exactly. Absolutely. All right, so we'll leave it at that. Everyone have a fantastic day. That's episode four. Thank you very much for listening. Catch you on the The flip flop -flop later. later.